Hey, welcome in uh, Teal Shirt Report Podcast number 65. I even thought we would come to you even a little sooner than we have, but it's Thanksgiving already. A lot going on leading up to Thanksgiving. It is Thanksgiving morning. Um, you know, we've had some some cool days in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, this morning, Thanksgiving morning, though, just 61. Just 61 for the low. And all of a sudden, the temperature's going back up again low this morning 61 i think we might get up as warm as 77 on turkey day cloudy skies for the most part about a 20 percent chance of rain you're tuned in to the teal shirt report podcast on thanksgiving you may listen to this podcast on thanksgiving more than likely you'll hear it maybe a day or two after thanksgiving it's a, after all it's a thanksgiving the long thanksgiving holiday weekend we're going to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars will also uh, delve into the SEC power rankings of college football. You know, everybody knows pretty much Georgia's number one, but who's number two or three or four? Well, we know that Georgia's playing LSU in the championship game. Alabama's not in there. So at this juncture, we, we almost have to make LSU number two by way of how things are lining up at the moment. LSU has had a better season than most people thought they would uh, with first-year coach Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly and LSU won a, like a three-point, had a three-point victory over Arkansas. Then Arkansas comes back the next week. And let's see, they beat Ole Miss, right? So it's kind of like... Rock, scissors, paper in the SEC. I mean, this team will be that team, the team that lost to beat the other team that won. Um, but when it's all said and done, Georgia's 11-0. and 0. They, I believe they faced Georgia Tech this weekend. I'm sure we'll get a score on that one, you know, obviously during this podcast or the next one. Georgia is 11-0. They're going to be in the playoff, whether they win the SEC title game or whether they lose it, the way things are looking. LSU beats Georgia. I think they're going to get in the playoff. But if they lose that game, they're not. So there's a lot to talk about. Um, I think that's the only way. Tennessee, pretty much when they got blown out by South Carolina, what was it, 63-38 to last week, that pretty much ended – any chance Tennessee had of making the playoff. I think they had a shot. I think they had a really legitimate shot of getting in. If Georgia beats LSU, LSU's completely knocked out, and then Tennessee's in. Now, not so much. Tennessee lost to South Carolina. But we're not going to talk about college football right now. But we, we, you know, but as I'm saying, we have a lot to talk about. College football is one of the many angles we kind of cover on the teal shirt report podcast we'll take a complete look at the sec power rankings uh, coming up um, we are going to delve into the next jaguars game which is this sunday it's going to be the uh, baltimore ravens by the way jacksonville jaguars playing the baltimore ravens here at home uh, here in uh, jacksonville florida That'll be this Sunday. We're going to pull up the latest line. I believe the last time I, I looked at the line was a couple of days ago, maybe two or three days ago. And the Jaguars at that juncture were actually at home. They were a four-point underdog, Baltimore. Uh, 
Um, Baltimore does have a, a very, very good football team. Uh, we're also going to take a look at the, uh, the standings for the AFC South in particularly. There's a lot of football games today on Sunday. So what's interesting is, you know, as we start this podcast on Thanksgiving morning, and continue throughout the day. We're going to see some, you know, some games that are going to develop. We'll get some final scores later today on the Thanksgiving Day games. And it's not like the old days when there were two Thanksgiving Day games. There's actually three Thanksgiving Day games. Okay, the Baltimore-Jacksonville game. Let's see if there's been any changes. Baltimore still a four-point favorite. Um. Here's a, here's an oh man I've just got to change though it looks like one of my experts has kind of changed his opinion on the game he thinks Jacksonville can win this game um I'm not going to say who they are but one of my experts is saying Jacksonville wins um in the range of maybe 24 to 21 or 24 to 22 I guess if the Jaguars defense plays well and gets more consistent. Yeah, they can, and they play good. They got to play good in the fourth quarter, too. I mean, who's playing good on the Jaguars' defense? You know, there were some posts on Facebook, and some of the guys play good some of the time, and then sometimes they don't. You know, early in the year, I think, you know, what was it, his first game? Trayvon Walker got an interception and a sack. And then 10 games later, he's only got two and a half sacks for the entire season. Trayvon got a sack and interception. I think that was going all the way back to what the um, the Washington game that the Jaguars lost. However, consistency is the big thing. I mean, you got Trayvon Walker uh, knocking a pass away, intercepting it, uh, making a sack, and then in the fourth quarter, missing a tackle. These guys have got to get more consistent. I think except for early in the game against the Vegas Raiders, when that you know, incredible receiver that used to play for Green Bay now plays for the Raiders. He caught uh, two touchdown passes in that game against the Jaguars, except for that half. I think um, cornerback Tyson Campbell has been pretty consistent. He's He's got, I believe, a couple of interceptions on the season, playing pretty well. He's becoming a much better cover corner. I've seen him in the list where he may be one of the, perhaps one of the top 10 cornerbacks in the NFL and obviously there's 32 teams and each team plays in, in normal and normal defenses plays two cornerbacks that's like 64 cornerbacks and if you put him in the top 10 as a second year player that's pretty good Baltimore Ravens a four-point favorite uh, the game will be this Sunday November the 27th at one o'clock p.m. at TIA Bankfield in Jacksonville Florida you're listening to episode show number 65 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're brought to you by Saucer Realty and Capital for your real estate needs. Remember, whether it's home, residential, business, commercial real estate, remember it is Saucer Realty. You can find the link to Saucer Realty for your real estate needs here in North Florida and surrounding areas by going to bigjreport.com, bigjreport.com, and scroll all the way down to our North Florida weather information. And yes, you will find a link uh, for Saucerility right there in the 24-7 North Florida weather information. 
By the way, when you go down there and check it out, at least at this moment as we're recording the podcast, I know we've got only a 20% chance of rain on Thanksgiving, which which is kind of nice. It's warming up. Looks like high temperatures actually will approach 77 on Thanksgiving Day. Our morning low on Thanksgiving was 61 to kind of give you an idea of what's going on. Also want to talk about your opportunity to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Hey, Tony Baselli's in there now. He got inducted this year in 2022. He's part of the 2022 Hall of Fame class. And, you know, as you know, that I've discussed it at nauseum where I feel like Tony Baselli should have got in two years ago. Tony Baselli is in, as of this year, 2022, in the Hall of Fame up in Canton, Ohio. Uh, when will Fred Taylor get in? Will it be next year, the year after, sooner than that or later? Uh, then Jimmy Smith is probably kind of in the pecking order after Fred, I'm thinking. But the problem is with wide receivers, man, every year there's a new group of guys that are eligible. And most of them now, with the rules changing, uh, it's more friendly to quarterbacks and wide receivers might make it difficult for Jimmy Smith to get in. Maybe he has to wait longer than we think he will. Or maybe he doesn't even get in. Man, it, it took Tony Baselli so long to get in. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how long it takes Fred Taylor to get in. I think Fred will get in. We just don't know how long it's going to take. Is it going to be one, two, three years for Fred Taylor to get in? Could it be longer than that or, you know, a shorter time frame than that. But if you're interested in going to the Hall of Fame, you got an opportunity um, with our friend D with, um, of course, Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment. We're going to talk about it now. They're right here in Jacksonville. Uh, we want to talk about Elegant Time Travel in Jacksonville, Florida. The Pro Football Hall of Fame trip is coming up. For more details, please call D.D. McDermott at 904 904- 442-3810. That is 904-442-3810. Tell a friend, maybe you and a friend can go. You and the wife or the girlfriend can go. Or a group of friends. It's your opportunity to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. For you know, for a lot of people, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. The trip is scheduled for next year, 2023. So you have a lot of time to make your plans. The trip is going to be uh, actually scheduled for uh, June the 8th, um, let's pick up the dates. It's going to be actually um, uh, June the 8th to uh, June the 12th, I believe. Let me pull up the dates. You can call D.D. McDermott if you have more questions, of course. Uh, D.D.'s phone number is 904-442-3810. And that's concerning the uh, the trip put on by Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment presenting Going to the Hall, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. Double-checking the dates. It is June the 8th through June the 12th of 2023. Hey, sports fans, come along with us to a sacred area for sports fans, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. Uh, book your trip by contacting D.D. McDermott by phone. Give D.D. a call at 904-442-3810. 904-442-3810. Call D.D. McDermott if you have any questions about the trip or if you're ready to go ahead and book the trip. But in any event, D.D. McDermott can um, answer your questions by calling him at 904-442-3810. 904-442-3810. 
904-442-3810 to either book your trip or ask any additional questions. The trip will be held June the 8th through June the 12th. I believe D told me they're going to have free breakfast in the morning. Uh, it's going to be like four days and three nights up in Canton, Ohio. I mean, that's a good length of time to be able to check out the complete Pro Football Hall of Fame. I guess you go the first day you go, and there's probably some tours. You know, they actually have, um, you know, they actually have like a film room there where you can watch old uh, films and highlights, and you can see the busts, of course, in the Hall of Fame. Probably old uniforms. Uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna do an interview with uh, D.D. McDermott you know, in the next uh, few days and um, we'll let you hear some of that. And I, I, I'll have questions for D as well, but if you have questions for DD McDermott, you can give him a call DD McDermott. If you have concerns or you're interested in booking the, the hall of fame trip to Canton, Ohio next year in June of 2023, call DD McDermott at 904-442-3810. That is 904-442-3810 to book your trip or ask any questions. That's Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment presenting Going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, uh, June the 8th through June the 12th of 2023. Hey, sports fans, come along with us to a sacred area for sports fans, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. And I know D.D. McDermott hopes to see you there. We'll see you there at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Man, what, what a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for sports fans also want to talk about lakeyfallahits.com great internet radio where it's absolutely all good they have rock saturdays on saturdays hits 2000s monday through friday nights and of course recognizable hits monday through friday early in the morning to late in the afternoon kind of bankers hours they got the recognizable hits and then hits 2000s monday through friday nights rock saturdays on saturdays and late at night, LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio where they have uh, deep tracks, album cuts, and unique songs late at night. That's LakeUfallahits.com, LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio where it's all good. Don't forget about the Mad Max Mix, man. I have, I'm not... I've not been on the show with Max probably for at least three, four or five weeks. So I, I know I, I messaged Max a few minutes ago and I said, man, I've been missing uh, getting to the show. We've had a lot going on over the last month. I've, sadly, I've had people I know that have passed away. Uh, we've had we had a hurricane a couple of weeks back, maybe two or three weeks ago in Jacksonville. Um, they came you know, near here. Uh, Hurricane Nicole. We were worried about the weather. Got people sadly passing away that that we've known for a long time. Um, and again, all the families are you know certainly always in in my thoughts and prayers. But so you know, keep keep in mind um, the MadMaxMix.Weebly.com is a great show. You'll hear me on there eventually. Max will interview me. Uh, we're going to try to do it early in the show the next time around. Hopefully the next Wednesday I'll be on with Max. I love listening to the show. He has a lot of, you know, he does a lot of great requests on there, mainly classic rock, music, pop classics from years gone by. And Max typically has a story for almost every song he plays, whether it's the Atlanta Rhythm Section, Led Zeppelin, uh, The Beatles, John Lennon, Steely Dan, um, Joe Jackson stepping out, 
There's another song I like by Joe Jackson, too. Maybe Max will play that as well. But if you got a request, Max will give you the, the number to call. I think in most cases, people may text their request to Max or give him a call, and he, he'll give you the number uh, during the show, of course. That's the madmaxmix.weebly.com. You'll find the link at bigjreport.com. You'll find almost every link of every show I'm talking about. You can listen to this show, the Teal Shirt Report podcast, by going to our website, to the homepage at bigjreport.com. If you want to listen to the Wednesday night, the internet radio, Wednesday night musical quest show with Mad Max, the Mad Max mix, go to bigjreport.com to the neighbors two section. There's links to click easy to click on links uh, to click on the show on Wednesday evening. That's Wednesday night, six till eight central time, seven until nine o'clock Eastern time for the Mad Max mix, the internet radio Wednesday night musical quest show with Mad Max. The Mad Max Mix, Mad Max Mix, uh, dot Weebly, uh, dot com. That's the Mad Max Mix, one of our sponsors at BigJReport.com. Max talks about BigJReport.com uh, during his show as well. Plays a lot of good music and requests at MadMaxMix.Weebly.com. And the links are very, they're not very far away. You just click on bigjreport.com, our website, bigjreport.com. Go to the Neighbors 2 section, scroll down, you'll find the links pretty quickly for the Mad Max Mix. And you can listen to the show on Wednesday nights. We have uh, links to Mad Max's show in the Neighbors 2 section and also the outside the box section as well. You're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're Doing the show, episode show number 65, here on Thanksgiving morning. And we'll be working on episode show number 65, probably all day Thanksgiving day and and maybe a little bit the day after Thanksgiving. We're going to talk about SEC power rankings, the high school football state playoffs now. The high school football playoffs are getting interesting because every week, and we've been through, I think, two weeks in North Florida and South Georgia, and and now you kind of include the rest of the state, too, in Florida and Georgia. Um, Alabama started, I think, um, a week earlier than Florida and Georgia did. But now that we've been through a couple of weeks of the playoffs, that means there's going to be less teams, and the games get more crucial and more and more important. We'll cover high school football with, you know, Alex Nunnery's reports and interviews, and we'll give you, you know, we'll be giving you the scores this weekend of, you know, of your favorite high school team, how they did in the playoffs. Are they still playing? Are they still winning? Or sadly, your team got eliminated. Ed White, my team, where I went to high school in Jacksonville, Florida, Ed White got eliminated by Reigns uh, during the first week of the high school football playoffs uh, here in North Florida. We'll talk high school football, the SEC, North Florida Entertainment. So much more right here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And of course, going to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars playing at home. The Jacksonville Jaguars at TIAA Bank Field this Sunday hosting the Baltimore Ravens. And yes, the Baltimore Ravens are actually still a four-point favorite. I've got one source that thinks the Jaguars can win the game. You know, I saw something the other day said somebody said, oh, they, they may be to cover the spread, but then the game's going to be really, really close because Baltimore's a four-point favorite. 
keep in mind there's a little bit of a home field involved with this. So Baltimore might be considered overall a seven, maybe seven points better than the Jaguars. But you, you go home, the home field comes into play, and it kind of knocks it down to a four-point favorite for Baltimore. Um, the Jaguars have been playing better football the last couple of weeks. And when I say better football, the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, is playing better even in the 27, what was it, 27-17 to 17 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Trevor Lawrence had one of his better games where he completed 72% of his passes the week before that in the Raiders win, 27-20 to 20 over the Las Vegas Raiders. Trevor Lawrence had a good game in that one. So the Jaguars beat the Raiders 27-20, to 20, but could not get a winning streak going as they lost to Kansas City. At Kansas City, I'm talking about a loud and kind of kind of raucous or ruckus stadium, whatever that word is. Um, the Jaguars lost to Kansas City last week, 27 to 17, and actually it was almost two weeks ago now because the Jaguars just finished up their their bye week or open week, if you will. So they've had a few extra days to get healthy and to prepare for the game against Baltimore. The Jaguars hosting Baltimore. Uh, this Sunday at TIA Bank Field, uh, we gave you the uh, point spread, you know, on the game uh, just a few minutes ago. Again, we'll tell you that uh, that Baltimore uh, is a uh, four-point favorite, you know, in this in this game against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. So. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the Baltimore Ravens playing at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars should be fairly healthy for this game. They were actually fairly healthy for the last couple of games. And now, you know, now getting some time off, the Jaguars should be relatively healthy. I would say they'll be healthier than Baltimore when they go into this game. But Baltimore still, um, at this juncture, about a four-point favorite in the game this Sunday afternoon at TIA Bankfield. We'll talk more about that game. We got Stuff about the SEC coming up, too. North Florida Entertainment, other area sports, as I mentioned. And again, North Florida Entertainment, you're tuned into the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And again, thank you for listening. And happy Thanksgiving holiday weekend to each and every one of you tuned in. Thank you for listening. Okay, you're tuned into the Teal Shirt Report podcast episode show, um, episode show number 65, season number three. Things going on, news of the Jaguars. The Jaguars did a couple of days ago, I believe it was around, what, November 23rd. The Jaguars um, picked up a new running back. The Los Angeles Rams waived Daryl Henderson, possibly salary cap issues, maybe. Um you know, he has been a, a primary ball carrier at times for the Rams. And, you know, every team deals with injuries and things like that. But the Rams elected to waive uh, Daryl Henderson 
the Jaguars claimed him off of waivers. So he kind of replaces, in a sense, running back James Robinson, who was traded a few weeks ago to the New York Jets, right? Now, what kind of talk do we have about Daryl Henderson? I'll just, one guy that I know will call him New York Joe. New York Joe said he's not any good, talking about Daryl Henderson. Some people say he's really good. Ray Kennedy in our Facebook group said he can really scoot. Um, so there's varied, there's various and varied opinions on this running back, Daryl Henderson. Does he, does he start? No, I, I don't believe he starts. I think he'll be the second string or third string back. Uh, I think the first week he probably doesn't know the playbook. So he's probably going to be the third string back in the Baltimore game, uh, here in Jacksonville this Sunday. And we're coming up on Sunday, which will be the uh, Baltimore Jacksonville will be this Sunday, uh, November the 27th, kickoff at 1 o'clock at TIA Bank Field. Baltimore, last time I, uh, a little while ago, I glanced at the line. Baltimore, a four-point favorite in Jacksonville. The Jaguars have played numerous games with the Baltimore Ravens over the years, going way back to when, gosh, who was it? Vinny Testaverde, who played quarterback for a year or two with Baltimore. And I remember the Jaguars had him on his butt. On his keisters, you'd say, at times. So it's been an interesting rivalry, but, you know, then you've gone through the years after that where the Ravens had a really, really good defense, and and almost every year they do, and they've got a good team. They're probably one of, what, maybe three or four teams in the AFC that could make it to the AFC title game. So we'll see what happens. Um there was Turkey Day football. We'll talk about that because now we've, we've kind of moved into Friday morning, November the 25th here on the podcast. Again, we do want to – and we didn't talk about it yesterday, but we do want to talk about the Jaguars have uh, claimed and apparently have signed Daryl Henderson, a running back who probably will be the second-string running back, maybe this week the third-string running back. Travis Etienne having a good year. I think Henderson might be a good move, Daryl Henderson – picking him up on waivers from the Rams because I think you need a back to spell ETN. You know, can ETN make it through a full season after going through the injury last year? And I'm sure that's what general manager Trent Baalke and coach Doug Peterson, you know, have to be, you know, certainly saying at this juncture, we'll take a look at Turkey Day games. It was a really good game between Buffalo and Detroit. And I guess that was in Detroit. Every year Detroit plays a you know, a Thanksgiving game in Detroit. College football, the Florida Gators uh, playing the Florida State Seminoles tonight. Florida Gators playing Florida State in Tallahassee. And, you know, we never really thought it would come to this. Florida State a nine-and-a-half point favorite over Florida. I kind of like that line. Take the Gators. I'm not sure the Gators will win the game, but take the line. I, I think the game's going to be close. It could be six points either way. And I would hate to really bet on who I think will win. Obviously, I'm I'm a Gator fan. I'm going to pull for Florida. But I honestly like Florida State's coach, Mike Norvell. He's done a great job. Florida State's on a roll right now. They've won three games in a row. And they've, they've won the games uh, convincingly. You know, a couple of them, a couple of those games in blowout fashions, you know, they – you know, coming off a win over Syracuse. I know last week they beat Coach Billy Napier's old school. 
uh, Louisiana. And Florida State's had three pretty good wins back to back to back. And Florida State now finds themselves in a situation where they're going to go to a bowl. They're literally going to go to a bowl. I think Florida State is what, seven and three? We'll check. We'll check the records on these two teams. Um, I know Florida is six and five, and I believe Florida with the six wins, um, Florida has clinched a bowl game, and it, be it a minor bowl at this point, after the very disappointing, you know, loss that Florida had to Vanderbilt up in Nashville. Florida State finds themselves at eight and three. Man, that is kind of hard to fathom, right? I'm thinking seven and three. They are actually eight and three. Florida State is on on one heck of a roll. And now they're about a nine and a half point favorite over Florida as we talk a little bit of college football. Speaking of college football, again, Florida State's a nine and a half point favorite in the Friday night game. Friday night, November the 25th. Uh, kickoff on the Friday night, November 25th game is at 7.30 p.m. at Bobby Bowden Field at Doak Campbell Stadium. Um, one of the experts that that's one of my expert sources seems to think Florida state will win the game, but I'm kind of liking his range of thinking six points and, and whether Florida or Florida state wins, I think it's going to be six points either way. However, the people in Vegas, do they know something? They're saying Florida state's a nine and a half point favorite in the game this Friday night, November the 25th of 2022 at seven thirty PM at Bobby Bowden field at Duke Campbell stadium. So the odds makers like Florida State, but by nine and a half, I mean, Bobby Bowden's not coaching this team, but I will say this, Coach Mike Norvell, over the three years he's been at Florida State, he's gradually putting this thing together. Seminole fans, you've got a good coach. Hang on to him. And I, I've, I've been saying this when he first got hired in all three years, even when he went through some really tough stretches after the Willie Taggart era. Come on, right? So that's some of what's going on in college football. The Egg Bowl, the Pirate, made Lane Kiffin walk the plank. Mississippi State 24, Ole Miss 22. So Ole Miss, man, they what has happened to Ole Miss? They just fell apart in the last three weeks. Um, they were 8-1, and one, now they're 8-4. and four. Mississippi State now, they got the identical record as Ole Miss. Give Mike Leach some credit. Mississippi State's had a good year. And after all, one of their biggest games on their schedule is going to be that Egg Bowl in which Mississippi State won that game. Mississippi State 24, Mississippi State 24, Ole Miss 22 in the Egg Bowl, which was played on Thanksgiving night. Turkey Day football across the NFL. Buffalo, I'm going to tell you, Buffalo played in one of the more... I would say entertaining games. The game, especially in the second half, went back and forth, back and forth, and, and Buffalo finally pulled out the victory. I'm going to pull up the scores from Turkey Day. Um, and we'll mention that Egg Bowl again in college football. Ole Miss sure did fall apart the last three weeks of the season. Uh, give Coach Mike Leach some credit for pulling out a big Egg Bowl victory over Ole Miss 24-22 to on Thanksgiving night, November the 24th. Uh, Mississippi State and Coach Mike Leach puts eight wins in the hopper, as we like to call that. 
Eight wins in the hopper for Mike Leach in Mississippi State. And Ole Miss on the other end of the spectrum, they got eight wins, but, man, it could have been much better. They've fallen apart the last three weeks. I think Ole Miss has lost to kind of finish up their regular season. They've, they've ended their regular season losing three games in a row. They'll go to a bowl game, but not the season for Ole Miss. Not the season for Ole Miss that it could have been. Okay, so we're going to talk um, – Hey, we'll talk Jacksonville Iceman hockey also. The Jacksonville Iceman, North Florida's hockey team, got back-to-back wins last week. Um, they also got a nice win over the Everblades that uh, we'll be talking about too. And, um, of course, NFL football, really some, some good games were played um, on Thanksgiving Day. The Buffalo-Detroit game at, at Detroit went back and forth. It uh, looked like it got to be a battle of field goals at the end. Also, Minnesota beat New England. Minnesota 33, New England 26. I believe that was a nightcap. Um, taking a look at other NFL scores, as we know, uh, Baltimore plays at Jacksonville. Baltimore 7-3. and three. Our Jacksonville Jaguars are 3-7, and seven, as you're listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, pulling up some scores from Thanksgiving Day. I told you the Buffalo-Detroit game, man, it was back and forth, particularly in the second half. Buffalo pulled out the game with a last-minute field goal. Buffalo won the game, Buffalo 28, Detroit 25. Dallas looks like they're a contender in the NFC this year. Dallas 28, the New York Giants 20 on Turkey Day. And how about the Minnesota Vikings? They outlast New England. You know, New England has been kind of sneaky. I mean, they're up to six and five. They're still in a race uh, for the division somewhat and for a wild card. New England is six and five, but they lost a game they really needed against Minnesota. Minnesota Vikings 33. The New England Patriots 26 on Turkey Day. Minnesota, man, they're a contender in the NFC with quarterback Kurt Cousins. They're nine and two on the season. And again, New England falls to six and five. It was the Minnesota Vikings 33, the New England Patriots 26. Uh, again, the Dallas Cowboys 28, the New York Giants 20 on Turkey Day. And in the early Thanksgiving Day game, which is typically always played in, in Detroit, Buffalo outlasted Detroit. Again, it was a back and forth game, particularly in the, particularly in the second half. Uh, Buffalo picked up a huge win for them. Uh, Buffalo at 28, uh, 28 to 25 winner. Buffalo 28, the Detroit Lions uh, 25. The Buffalo Bills looking good in the AFC Eastern Division uh, with a record of 8 and 3. Detroit falls to 4 and 7. So if we, uh, by the way, if we pull up the uh, standings, you know, and these standings are, you know, through Turkey Day. I know there's a slew of games obviously coming up on Sunday, including the Jaguars hosting the Baltimore Ravens uh, this Sunday, November the 27th at 1 o'clock p.m. Buffalo is atop the AFC Eastern Division with an 8-3 and three record. The Miami Dolphins, a little bit of a scary team to keep an eye on. Miami 7-3. and three. Uh, Can the New York Jets hold up? They're 6-4. The Patriots are 6-5. and five. Everybody in the AFC East has a winning record. How about that? You don't see that very often in one particular division. AFC South, a different story. There's three teams with losing records uh, in the AFC South. 
the Tennessee Titans have been a team that started out a little slow, but man, they're going to win the division. The Tennessee Titans are seven and three. Indianapolis Colts are in second, four, six, and one. If the Jaguars could go on a roll, maybe they could finish in second. The Jacksonville Jaguars are three and seven. And the Houston Texans, one win, eight losses, and one tie. So the Jaguars are kind of firmly entrenched in third place, but there's seven games left on the schedule for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I've talked at nauseum with people on Facebook and our BigJReport.com Facebook group. And there's a lot of people in there that say, hey, the Jaguars could go four and three in the last seven games. I'm saying, what about five and two? But it all starts with the Baltimore game at home. Baltimore is a four-point favorite over our Jacksonville Jaguars. We're going to put the SEC uh, power rankings together in college football, talk more about the Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment. We have complete coverage of high school football, and, of course, we've been giving you reports and interviews with Alex Nunnery. These are high school football playoff interviews that Alex has been doing, and he's doing a really good job. Alex Nunnery, our Big J Report, uh, com sports reporter. So we appreciate you guys tuning into the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Again, we've got North Florida Entertainment coming up. We'll talk SEC power rankings, more about the Jaguars, and you know other things coming up too. The Iceman, the Iceman did defeat the Florida Everblades a couple of nights ago. That was the Wednesday night game. The Jacksonville Iceman uh, beat the Everblades. And while we're talking uh, North Florida entertainment. Um, the Icemen certainly qualify as other area sports in the East Coast Hockey League here in Jacksonville. And they're part of North Florida Entertainment because let me tell you, hockey in Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Icemen is probably one of the best, if not the best, entertainment value, you know, in town. Um, you can get a ticket. I think I saw the Icemen advertising tickets. Uh, you could get tickets as low as maybe $15 or less or more. Let's take a look at the standings. Um, the Icemen have been picking up some wins lately. They're eight and five. And to my knowledge now, they've won three in a row. Um, they've beaten the um, they beat the South Carolina Stingrays last week. Also, the new team, the Savannah Ghost Pirates. And a nice win just a couple of nights ago, back on uh, Wednesday night, November the 23rd, the Icemen uh, beat the Florida Everblades. The Jacksonville Icemen are now 8-5. and five. They're moving up. They're up to fourth place in the Southern Division. Savannah has kind of been falling back. Um, the Florida Everblades are in first place. Um, eight wins, three losses, one overtime loss, one shutout loss. 13 games in, the Everblades, though, have the most points at 18 points. South Carolina, 17. Uh, the Greenville Swamp Rabbits, 17. The Jacksonville Iceman, 16. Uh, the Atlanta Gladiators, 15 total points in the standings. The, the Savannah Ghost Pirates, uh, 15. And the Orlando Solar Bears pulling up the rear in seventh place in the Southern Division of the East Coast Hockey League. Some, some impressive wins for the Iceman, as now they've won three in a row. To my knowledge, the winning streak is three games in a row. And they have defeated the South Carolina Stingrays, the Savannah uh, Ghost Pirates, and now they they own a victory from uh, Wednesday night, November the 23rd, over the Florida Everblades. 
And with that three-game winning streak for the Iceman, I believe two of the three games were actually overtime victories for the Iceman. So some good hockey. And we knew this would come. They they won their first two games, and they then they got into kind of a stagnant, slow part of the early part of the schedule where they went on kind of a, a losing skid. Now they're back winning, having a good year. They're eight and five. Thirteen games in the Jacksonville Iceman, eight wins, uh, five losses at this juncture. Let me let me make sure that that's the amount of games that they're in. Let's see how many games. It's still very very you know it's very very early in the season. We only gave you the Southern Division standings. I mean, there's also a Northern Division, Central Division, you know, and a Mountain Division uh, in the East Coast Hockey League. So you got, you know, there's well over 20 teams in the East Coast Hockey League. It's a big league of hockey. Um, let's take a look at the Iceman now. One other thing I wanted to mention about your Jacksonville Iceman, North Florida's hockey team. Yeah, there are 13 games in. 13 games have been played. Eight wins. And just five losses, man. They're playing good hockey, and they've been coming on as late. I know they've won their last three games in a row in the East Coast Hockey League. Great going to Bob Arabolo and the the management, the coaches, and, and and all the players with the Jacksonville Iceman. They're now eight and five, playing really good hockey. And I know they've won their at least their last three games in a row. We'll talk more Jaguars football, SEC power rankings, and more coming up. You're tuned in. To the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're brought to you in part by Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment. Lake Ufala Hits.com, great internet radio where it's all good. Lake Ufala Hits.com. Solves realty and capital for your North Florida real estate needs. You know, whether it's home, residential, business, or commercial real estate, Solve realty and capital. Man, they got you covered in North Florida and even a little bit to the south of the North Florida line. Um, Larry's sanctioned to do real estate, Larry Saucer and Saucer Realty and Capital. They're sanctioned to do real estate in uh, Gainesville, Jacksonville, Live Oak, Lake City, and many, many areas in between and even south of this line I was just telling you about as well. That, of course, is Saucer Realty and Capital. Elegant time travel. They are doing your uh, Hall of Fame trip. For 2023. If you want to go to the Hall of Fame, remember to contact D.D. McDermott. And I'm going to give you, we're going to give you the phone number to contact D.D. McDermott. The Hall of Fame trip is June 8th through June the 12th, four days and three nights. I'm going to do an interview with D.D. McDermott also in, in the next uh, couple of podcasts. So stay tuned for that as well. Uh, as far as elegant time travel goes, um, Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment presents Going to the Hall of Fame. Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment presents Going to the Hall, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, June the 8th through June the 12th of next year, 2023. Hey, sports fans, come along with us to a sacred area for sports fans, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. Uh, book your trip by contacting D.D. McDermott by phone. Here's his phone number again, 904-442-3810-904. He's got a Jacksonville area code right here in Jacksonville, 904-442-3810, 904-442-3810. But you can call him from all over the country. I think the trips are going to be, of course, leaving out of Jacksonville, going up to Canton, Ohio. 
uh, June 8th through June the 12th of 2023. The great thing about the trip is contact D.D. McDermott now. And this is, for a lot of people, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame up in Canton, Ohio. Tony Baselli got in this year in 2022. So you'll be able to see Tony's bust at the Hall of Fame. You know, in the next couple of years, you know, I'm hoping and believing that running back, uh, former former Jags running back Fred Taylor will get in the Hall of Fame. And one day, maybe after Fred, you got Jimmy Smith perhaps going in in the future. So we'll see what happens. But if you're interested in going on this trip, and it's the best way to go because you can also make easy low monthly payments, easy low monthly payments to go on the Hall of Fame trip. Uh, you can contact uh, D. McDermott. That's D.D. McDermott at 904-442-3810. If you have any questions at all about the trip or you'd like to book your trip, call D.D. McDermott at 904-442-3810 to book your trip or ask any questions about the Hall of Fame trip. Uh, which uh, the buses are going up to the Hall of Fame June the 8th through June the 12th, four days, three nights, free breakfast, I understand, and many other fabulous amenities. Again, call Dee Dee McDermott to find out more. If you got questions about this Hall of Fame trip in June of 2023, please contact Dee Dee McDermott right now. Give him a call now, 904-442-3810, 904-442-3810. Also, the Mad Max Mix, the internet radio, the internet radio um, request show. It's the internet radio Wednesday night music request show with Mad Max. He primarily plays classic rock or even pop music classics from years ago. And Max has a story for almost every song. Check out the Mad, the Mad Max Mix Wednesday nights, 6 to late central time, 7 until 9 o'clock Eastern time, the madmaxmix.weebly.com, or simply go to our website at bigjreport.com, bigjreport.com. You can find the link for Matt, the madmaxmix.weebly.com. Simple, simple links to click on at bigjreport.com. You go to bigjreport.com and then go to the Neighbors 2 section, scroll the Neighbors 2 section, and yes, you will find the link to the Mad Max Mix, the internet radio wednesday night music request show the internet radio wednesday night music request show from six to eight central time seven to nine seven to nine eastern time that's six to eight central time seven to nine o'clock eastern time on wednesday nights and it's madmaxmix.weebly.com the madmaxmix uh wednesday night internet radio wednesday night music request show with the one the only Mad Max, the only Mad Max I know of. I think there's been other Mad Maxes, but, you know, Mad Max is part of the coffee corner in uh, south-southeast Alabama, that corner down there near the Alabama-Georgia border. Our producer, our executive producer's in that area, too. So we get coverage of, you know, we get coverage of the SEC West with Alabama, Georgia. Mad Max is also a Georgia Bulldog football insider. So is Alex Nunnery, big Florida Gator fan. He covers the Gators. Um, Lucas Mann covers the Florida Gators as well. And, you know, you get all that right here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Not to mention, first and foremost, we talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars, SEC football, other area sports, uh, North Florida Entertainment as well. We got more of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming right up. Stay tuned. This is 
This is episode show number 65 of season number three. Again, special thanks to our sponsors, Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment, Saucer Realty and Capital, um, also the Mad Max Mix.weebly.com and LakeUfallHits.com. Uh, Great internet radio where it's all good. We got more of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming up. Again, special thanks to our producers, Alex Nunnery, and our executive uh, producer, JC. We got more of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming right up. Stand by and stay tuned. Okay, you got it, man. You got it right here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast episode show number 65, season number three. We're going to get to the SEC power rankings. Don't forget the Jaguars. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars are uh, hosting the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens actually a four-point favorite uh, here in Jacksonville this Sunday, November the 27th, 1 o'clock kickoff, 1 o'clock p.m. kickoff at TIAA Bank Field. We will get to the SEC Power Rankings, North Florida Entertainment. Uh, Alex Nunnery is keeping an eye on, you know, high school football games. We want to thank Alex Nunnery doing a great job uh, doing those high school football playoff in, um, those high school football playoff interviews, I should say. Alex Nunnery does high school football reports and playoff interviews. And uh, this weekend, going into the third week of high school football playoffs in the state of Florida. So we've had two weeks of teams getting eliminated. That's in Florida, you know, South Georgia. And when we're talking about high school football playoffs, now we're starting to talk about the entire state, the entire state of Florida, Georgia. Alabama started their playoffs about a week before Georgia and Alabama did, that pocket of South Southeast Alabama. Uh, Ufala sadly got knocked out in their first round uh, playoff game, I believe it was Faith Academy that beat them 21 to 15, way back on November the 4th. So Alabama started their high school football playoffs about a week uh, before Georgia and Florida did. Now, what's interesting about all this, if I want to talk about my my high my not not so much my high school Ed White which Ed White got knocked out this year. Even though Ed White won a district championship, they won the Gateway Conference Championship. They lost in the playoffs. Playoffs, they lost to Reigns in the first round of the playoffs a couple of weeks ago. So, if, if you know, Ed White is where I went to high school in Jacksonville, Florida. But if I want to talk about my Thanksgiving, best Thanksgiving memories – you know, we all, you know, football fans are always watching the Detroit Lions, probably those Thanksgiving games in Dallas. And now, heck, we got, you know, football is is on even more. It's more predominantly on television. More games are on TV. And the, when I was a kid growing up, there were two Thanksgiving Day games. Now there's three. There's a Thanksgiving uh, Thanksgiving night game as well on Thursday night. We gave you all the um, NFL Turkey Day scores a little bit earlier in this podcast. So go back and listen again if you missed any scores. Um, as far as my Thanksgiving holiday memories, I'm going to go back and, I mean, you know, we had Thanksgiving dinner at the at the house where I grew up, and but probably my 
my best Thanksgiving Day memories were this, with me and my dad at the Inglewood Wolfson High School football game. And, you know, neither dad or I went to Wolfson or Inglewood, but it was just going to the stadium known as the Gator Bowl, you know, back in, I'm going to say it was, I mean, I was really young, six, seven, eight years old, so I probably ended up attending the Wolfson-Inglewood game, I'm going to say in 69, 70, 71. But the reason why it's such a Thanksgiving Day memory is they used to play that game. These were the last regular season games of the high school football season. I'm assuming, you know, Back in the day, it was called the Gateway Conference. You know, there's still some, there's still a Gateway Conference title that's given out. I think Fletcher won it a couple of years ago. Ed White won it this year. But, and that's for Jacksonville schools, obviously. But what I would tell you is um, I would go, and I, I couldn't, I to this moment, I couldn't tell you who, who won those games. I just knew Wolfson, the Wolfson Wolfpack and the Inglewood Rams both had cool looking uniforms. My dad took me to the game when I was probably six, seven, eight years old, I think we went for maybe, you know, two, three years in a row, two or three years in a row. But for a kid, I mean, that, that is just a, a lasting memory that obviously I remember up until today, many, many years later, I lost my dad two years ago, quite a loss for me, but it would have been a much more difficult loss, say 10 or 15 years earlier. But Dad, and I thank Dad, you know, the last few months of his life, I had a chance to talk to Dad, hug my dad, tell him how I felt about him, and, and also uh, I thanked him for all he did for me in my lifetime. And um, But the Inglewood-Wolfson game was a Thanksgiving morning game. Dad went to Lee, is where he graduated from high school. I graduated from Ed White high school, the commanders, the original commanders. Um, But dad would take us. And the reason why we went to the Thanksgiving morning game is dad and I would go to the Thanksgiving morning game. And then we would go over to my uncle's house uh, for Thanksgiving dinner. And my, my aunt was a, aunt Sarah was a fabulous cook. Sadly, she passed away a few years ago, but she was an outstanding cook Man, that was some really, really good food at my uncle's house for Thanksgiving. Uncle Buddy, who actually now lives up in, um, where does Uncle Buddy live? He lives up in North Alabama. Uh, I believe, I believe Gadsden. I believe that's where Uncle Buddy lives now. Uh, He does tune into the podcast. So if I got the city wrong, Uncle Buddy, I do apologize. I know you tune into our podcast. And uh, I remember Thanksgiving over at uh, my uncle, buddy, and Aunt Sarah's house, we would watch football. D- Detroit was always on, right? And uh, <laughs> my uncle, my uncle and dad both are great football fans, great characters. Um, but those are the big memories from Thanksgiving over the years for me when I was a kid. And and kids remember these things. And and you know, like you're hearing from me, what things you do for the kids, man, they remember them. They really do. So what I remember, and I have to kind of stay stay kind of somber thinking about all this because, man, these are great memories. I'm thinking about my dad. Uh, I remember going to the Gator Bowl for the very first time. Now, dad had taken me to Georgia-Florida games um, 
when I was a kid. I think Florida played North Carolina one year in a regular season game in Jacksonville, a game other uh, than the um, Georgia-Florida game. And that brings me, us to mind, we're going to be talking about why the Georgia-Florida, Florida-Georgia game should stay in Jacksonville. Man, it's, it's been in Jacksonville my entire lifetime, except when uh, the stadium was getting renovated for the Jaguars when the game went home and away for two years, one game in Gainesville, one game up in Athens. So when you talk about a lifetime of memories, and I don't want to tell everything, but I, I will tell you that going to the Gator Bowl for the first time was during one of those Thanksgiving morning Inglewood Wolfson games. And I remember walking into the stadium with Dad. I was so excited to be there. And when we came through the, the I guess one of the, um, not the concourses, but one of the turnstile areas where you went through the gate and you looked out at the yard markers in the field, man, it looks so big to like a six or seven-year-old kid, which I was at that time. But that was just a great memory of uh, Dad taking me to the Inglewood-Wilson game. and. Bear in mind, high school football was different then. They, apparently, they played the regular season a little bit later. These Thanksgiving games, and, you know, keep in mind, we've been in the the high school football playoffs for two weeks in, in both North Florida and South Georgia. Alabama's been playing for like three weeks. But yesterday was Thanksgiving, November the 24th, and it was still a regular season game. These were like the final regular season games for high school football being played on Thanksgiving morning. And I think Inglewood played Wolfson. Later in the day, Lee played Jackson. Uh, Lee, now known as um, the Riverside Generals, formerly Lee High School. So Lee and Jackson, I believe, would play. They were, those were the oldest two high schools in Jackson, Jacksonville. But Dad and I didn't go to that game because we had our Thanksgiving schedule where we would go over to Uncle Buddy's and eat Thanksgiving dinner prepared by Aunt Sarah and maybe a few other ladies, including my mom. But, man, those were, those were great memories back in the day. Those are some of my Thanksgiving memories. I'm sure you have Thanksgiving memories. A lot of people talk about them in our Facebook group at uh, Big J Report, at the BigJReport.com Facebook group. We put posts in there about Thanksgiving. You can talk about what you like to do for Thanksgiving, maybe your Thanksgiving Day memories. Those are some of mine. And but the Inglewood Wolfson game, great memory for me. They would play it real early in the morning. I'm I'm thinking they kicked off at 9:30. I remember looking at the program, Wolfson versus Inglewood. Inglewood and Wolfson both had really cool looking uniforms. Wolfson was like what all red and white, and Inglewood, what was Inglewood like black and gold, and uh, had the ram on their helmet. And it was a great, I mean, for a young kid, man, I loved it. It was Wilson versus Inglewood. After the game, Dad and I would go over to, I think we would come home first, and then we'd go over to Uncle Buddy's for Thanksgiving dinner. And it was great, you know, back in the day. So those are a couple of my Thanksgiving Day memories. Moving into the SEC Power Rankings, and we do have the um, the result of the Egg Bowl, which will be able, what's kind of cool, the Egg Bowl, since we've got the Egg Bowl result, Mississippi State 24, Ole Miss 22. Man, did Coach Mike Leach uh, make Lane Kippen walk the plank or what? Man, Ole Miss has fallen apart in the last three weeks. They've lost like three games in a row. They were 8-1 and one at one time. Ole Miss was, you know, in our top 
three or four teams in the SEC, many weeks of the power rankings. And now we'll miss his ball and all the way down to six, sixth place in our power rankings. So we'll take a look at the power rankings. And this is through the Thanksgiving Day game between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State and Coach Mike Leach, Mississippi State 24, Ole Miss 22. Close game. But in the end, Coach Mike Leach made Lane Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels walk the plank. Okay, Georgia's at the top of our power rankings. Georgia 11 0 at number one. They'll be playing in the SEC championship game against LSU. LSU 9 2. We've got to have them at number two. I mean, they have won the West officially. I think um, let's pull up. You know, I've been talking about the game coming up in a few days. Let's get the official day and time of the game. 2022 SEC championship game going to be played in Atlanta. You know, when they started the SEC championship game format, it was like early 90s, maybe around 90. And the first game or two was played, I think the first couple of SEC championship games were played in Birmingham. Then they switched it in, it was either year two, three, or four. They switched it to Atlanta, and it's been in Atlanta ever since. The SEC championship football game, um, let's pull it up, Georgia playing LSU. And what happens is, as you know, as you know, the um, the SEC football championship represents the Eastern Division champion versus the Western Division champion. It's going to be played this year. Obviously, TV is a big factor with, you know, setting the game times. And I think it has been most every year, maybe, what, 4 o'clock in the afternoon? Um, it's going to be played now. It's not at the Georgia dome anymore, obviously, because there is no more Georgia dome. They're playing in the, uh, Mercedes Benz stadium where the Falcons play. Um, the 2022 SEC championship football game, the 2022 SEC football championship game will be played between the LSU Tigers, the winners of the SEC Western division and the Georgia Bulldogs winners of the, um, SEC Eastern Division. The game's going to be played on Saturday, December the 3rd. Looks like the kickoff at Mercedes-Benz near Atlanta is going to be at 4 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday, December the 3rd. Georgia, as you know, the Georgia Bulldogs versus the LSU Tigers on December the 3rd, Saturday, Saturday, December the 3rd at 4 o'clock p.m. You know, I haven't really looked at the line on the game. I'm assuming Georgia, you know, is a huge favorite in the game. So let's... Uh, Pull that bit of information up now. Concerning Georgia and LSU, I did want to take a look at the line on the game. We'll do that. You know, we'll do that now. If we can find, a, uh, you know, the latest line on the SEC championship game, December the 3rd kickoff, 4 o'clock. Uh, let's see. We've got the SEC championship game is set between Georgia and LSU. So we're going to give me a moment. We'll pull it up. Georgia versus LSU. And we're going to look for, you know, from one of our sources, where we get the point spreads from, we'll take a look at the point spread. What's going on in Vegas, uh, you know, with this particular game coming up? Um, let's see. I'll take a look at the odds on the game. Let's see if we can pull something up. On the odds on Georgia and LSU. While we're doing that, we'll tell you Georgia, number one, 
in the SEC, Georgia 11-0. I mean, they're kind of – I wouldn't say they're head and shoulders above everybody else, but they're at least shoulders, right? At least shoulders above or maybe just a head above everybody else. I mean, Georgia is 11-0, number one in the SEC in our BigJReport.com SEC power rankings. Georgia number one at 11-0. LSU number two at nine and two. I've got Bama moving back up to three at nine and two. Tennessee at number four at nine and two. You got to give the Egg Bowl champion Mississippi State some credit, some love. I've got Mike Leach, Coach Mike Leach. He's put eight wins in the hopper. His team has really come on and played well of late, and that's important. How you're playing late in the year. They did pick up a. They did put a two point win over Ole Miss in the hopper. I got Mississippi State at eight and four. Ole Miss at number six, also at eight and four. Arkansas six and five, seventh. Arkansas's lost a couple of close games where they could really be doing better than they have. Arkansas lost to the eventual SEC Western Division champions, LSU, by three points. So I got Arkansas. There's a lot of factors that go in. It's not always head-to-head that decides our power rankings. It does at times, but you know, sometimes a, a team will lose to another team, but they're still ranked ahead of them because of other games on the schedule, the way the season's playing out. So I got Mississippi State number five. Number five, Mississippi State at eight and four. Ole Miss sixth. Ole Miss is eight and four with Coach Lane Kiffin, although Leach made him walk to plank. Seventh is Arkansas at six and five. I got South Carolina eighth at seven and four. South Carolina has moved up a little bit by virtue of that big 63-38 win over Tennessee last week that really took Tennessee out of a shot of going to the college football playoff. Tennessee's got to really watch themselves because they got Vanderbilt coming up, and Vanderbilt's won a couple of conference games in a row. So Arkansas, number seven is Arkansas at six and five. Number eight, South Carolina at seven and four. Uh, Ninth is Florida at six and five. Tenth is Kentucky at six and five. Auburn, uh, number eleven is Auburn at five and six. You know, and Auburn beat Texas A and M, which might not be saying much this year, but they did. Auburn's won five games. I got Auburn eleventh at five and six. And how about Vanderbilt? Vanderbilt is coming up. Vanderbilt, I've got them moving from thirteenth to twelfth now. Vanderbilt won two conference games in a row. They beat Kentucky. They beat Kentucky by three points, and then they beat Florida by, I believe, seven points, uh, thirty-one to twenty-four, just last week. I got Vanderbilt twelfth in our power rankings. Twelfth is Vanderbilt at five and six. Got Missouri thirteenth at five and six, and down at the bottom, Jimbo doing the limbo with the greatest recruiting class of last year. And will those guys stay at Texas A and M? Are they going to be? Hitting the some of them guys may hit the transfer portal, so Jimbo's got to keep those guys together if he can. I understand they he's got some new recruits going to come in. Maybe Jimbo is back with Texas A&M next year. He's got a long contract, a lot of money. The buyout would be extremely large for Texas A&M. Not saying they don't have the money, but but they've had a bad year. And I think Texas A&M has to look at it like, hey, we had a really bad year. Next year is going to be much better. That's the only way they can look at it at this juncture. Same thing with Coach Jimbo Fisher. But he's been doing the limbo all year. It's been a very, very disappointing season for Texas A&M. 
14th, and at the bottom of our power rankings at 14th, Texas A&M with a record of 4-7. and seven. On the outside looking in, you got Texas and Oklahoma planning to join the SEC, whether it's next year or the year after. Uh, Texas and Oklahoma kind of waiting in the wings to get in, but they're not part of the 14 right now. Uh, the championship game. The SEC championship game between the Georgia Bulldogs and the LSU Tigers. We will take a look at it. You know what's really funny? Is uh, I think I've got like an old, that's basketball. We, we've got to find the, uh, we have got to find the football game. Okay. Somebody pulled up some odds on the Georgia LSU basketball game, probably from last year. Um, Let's see. I believe we've got it right here. Georgia, LSU. I'm, I'm sure the line has moved. I haven't really seen a line. This is the first time I've really looked at it. So let's take a look at it now. Um, here we go. It's uh, championship week in college football. Three of the biggest uh, line movements come in games with a conference title on the line. Now, here we go. Georgia versus LSU. It has moved from, listen to this now. Apparently, you know, Georgia's a, obviously they're a, um, a favorite in this game. Um, they're a big favorite. The game has gone from Georgia being favored by 10 points all the way at times to Georgia being favored by as much as 13 or 14 points. So isn't that crazy? Um, there's some other championship games on the horizon, too. You got UCLA and Oregon. Um, let's see. Due to the fact that USC is bowl ineligible, the UCLA Bruins are representing the Pac-12 South despite just having lost to USC last week. Um, that's interesting. Okay. So... That's some of what's going on. And again, I don't think I'm looking at up-to-date information there. I think um, we're going to have to pull up. Give me a second here. Let's pull up. Okay, let's see. Let's let's go back and pull it up. That was some old information I was looking at from a few years ago, I believe. So that does happen on uh, when, you, when you're looking for stuff online. Um you know, some people get their information different ways. Um, most of the time, people just go online to find this and that. It's not always correct information. So let's um, let's pull up the SEC championship game. Everybody's looking for a ticket to this game as well. It will be Saturday, December the 3rd at 4 o'clock p.m. We do have that information right. Let's see if we can get the correct line on the game now. That's what we're looking at. Um, the correct line. And I think that was, I, I had some information. I believe that was actually on a game when Georgia played LSU like 11 years ago. So you're, you're, you're finding all kinds of stuff on, um, online from different years. You always have to make sure you put 2022 in there. Uh, let's see, let's see if we can pull up the latest line. On this football game, 
SEC title game. Let's see if we can pull up the latest information on Georgia versus LSU. We gave you all the power rankings. You know, I think that that line I gave you was from several years ago when Georgia played LSU way back in maybe 2011. So there's still stuff from everywhere. So you have to make sure you're really looking at the correct information. Okay. Um, that was from 2011. Georgia and LSU, they did play back in 2011. Okay. Um, everybody's looking for tickets to this game. Uh, let's see, the SEC championship game. Here we go, 2022 SEC championship game, Georgia versus LSU. Um, Georgia is 11-0. and They recently routed Mississippi State 45-19. to Georgia played a really good second half in that game, by the way. Um, LSU is now 9-2. Six and one in the SEC. They topped Arkansas 13 to 10 on the road in chilly conditions to take care of its uh, part of the equation. Um, still looking for the, the spread on that game. Again, we got Georgia 11 and 0 overall, LSU 9 and 2 overall. Those are the top teams uh, in the SEC. And I don't know, you know, you go online and you find all this stuff from apparently Georgia played LSU back in 2011. So I think Georgia is still a big, big favorite in this one. So let's uh, let's pull it up. I tell you what we'll do. We'll take a little break here. We'll be back. We got to get the correct information on this. Georgia and LSU in the SEC title game. We're looking for the odds. We're going to give you some of the latest, very latest odds on this. Friday, November the 25th for the championship game coming up in just just a few days from now, actually. Okay, uh, Teal Shirt Report. Podcast. My name is Scott, your host. I want to thank our producers, Alex Nunnery, also our executive producer, JC. I believe I found the very latest up to the date, up to date odds on the SEC championship football game from 2022. Georgia playing LSU. Georgia is like a 15 point favorite now. Also, want to talk about. Um, Real quickly, high school football. A few minutes ago, I was trying to thank the people that have been helping us. And I know I mentioned Alex Nunry's name. Alex has been doing a great job on high school football reports, high school football playoff interviews the last couple of weeks. Uh, I want to thank all the guys, Alex Nunry, guys behind the scenes like John Benoit, John Gaylor, who gives us a lot of good information, scores. Um, John Gaylor helps us a lot in the uh, BigJReport.com Facebook group and listens to our podcast and, you know, certainly is a contributor in helping us come up with stuff uh, for the podcast. And there's a lot of stuff to come up with. Every every time I do this podcast, I finish it and I say, oh, we should have talked about this or we should have talked about that. So we never seems like we never run out of things to discuss and talk about. So when we take a look at the line on the Georgia LSU game, I did find some information that was actually this time around from a different source. 
Um, George is a big favorite, of course. Um, pulling up the fact that Georgia now point spread. George, the Georgia Bulldogs are now up to a 15-point favorite over LSU. Uh, looks like the over-under for the game is 50.5 or 50 and a half points. Uh, the game being played, obviously, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium up in Atlanta, Georgia. There's no more Georgia Dome for the game. I remember some some great memories of going to watch the Florida Gators, coached by Steve Spurrier, uh, win some SEC championship games over Alabama and winning over Arkansas one year in very decisive fashion years and years ago back in the 90s. This year's game, I do have the correct game. It's uh, This is uh, 20 information from 2022 for the 2020 SEC championship game that will be played. On Saturday, December the 3rd of 2022, the SEC Championship uh, notes the Georgia Bulldogs a 15-point favorite over the LSU Tigers. The over-under now is uh, 50.5 points. Wanted to make sure I have the correct and updated information here on our podcast, and we do. Point spread for the game, the Georgia Bulldogs a 15-point favorite over the LSU Tigers. They're being coached by their first-year coach, Brian Kelly, who spent many, many years as a coach at Notre Dame, and before that, I believe he coached at, uh, what, Cincinnati, I believe. So Brian Kelly has surprised a lot of people in his first year as coach at LSU, winning the very tough-as-nails SEC Western Division. And it surprised me. I didn't I didn't see this coming. I, I saw LSU maybe as a third, maybe a third-place or fourth-place finisher in the SEC West, and lo and behold, they've won the division. The Georgia Bulldogs, a 15-point favorite. The LSU Tigers come into the game. Man, they've got a shot. You win this game. LSU wins this game. I believe I believe the college football player was going to say, come on in. Come on in. You beat Georgia. You got two losses, but you beat Georgia. I think LSU would be deserving. They'd be the SEC champions at that juncture. But Georgia would still get in um, with only one loss. Georgia does have a game with Georgia Tech coming up. You would think that'd be a no-brainer. Georgia will route Georgia Tech, but Georgia cannot mess around with Georgia Tech because Georgia Tech actually has a pretty good defense. You get in a low-scoring game with Tech, anything can happen. Uh, Georgia Tech is a team that's beat the Pitt Panthers. Uh, they've beaten Duke. Georgia Georgia Tech has ended up winning, I think, about five games overall, so they're kind of an improving team. They play pretty good defense, kind of a ball-controlling offense, but not a you know not a lot of um, high powered talent on offense. So the only chance Georgia Tech has with Georgia is getting in one of those low scoring punching matches. You know, battling on the line of scrimmage. Georgia, I think Georgia is going to really route Tech. Um, not that I'm a big fan of that, but Georgia was in a battle with Kentucky. Their last conference game they played, Georgia beat Kentucky sixteen to six. It is true that I think Georgia had a 16 to nothing lead in that game, and then Kentucky scored to make it 16 to six. But man, that is a low scoring game. Kentucky played a good football game defensively against Georgia. Again, Georgia won that one 16 to six. This is going to be an interesting game. You got your SEC championship game up in Atlanta at Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta, four o'clock p.m. kickoff. And. I will tell you the odds, based on what I'm looking at, is from the odds courtesy of FanDuel, believe it or not. We'll mention FanDuel. A lot of people play their contest. 
but uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I've uh, um, dabbled with FanDuel. It's been a while, though. Um, let's see, Georgia versus LSU, the SEC championship game, kicking off on Saturday, December the 3rd at 4 o'clock p.m., obviously nationally televised. Should be a good football game. Uh, it's going to be on CBS. So it's kind of like the CBS 3.30 game, but it starts at 4 o'clock. And, again, just reiterating and repeating, Georgia, the Georgia Bulldogs now a 15-point favorite in the tw- – we got it straight now, the 2022 SEC championship game. The Georgia Bulldogs a 15-point favorite over LSU. The over-under is about 50.5 points, 50.5 points for the over-under. Game being played at Mercedes-Benz Stadium up near the Atlanta, Georgia area right there in Atlanta or near Atlanta where Mercedes-Benz Stadium is located. Kickoff 4 o'clock p.m. again on Saturday, December the 3rd of 2022. The SEC Eastern Division champion Georgia versus the SEC Western Division representative, the LSU Tigers. We also ran down our complete uh, BigJReport.com SEC power rankings for you from 1 all the way through 14. Hope you got something out of that. I enjoy keeping up with the SEC. Man, I've loved the SEC since I was just a knee-high little boy following, you know, all the teams in the Southeastern Conference. Uh, We're going to take a look at some uh, North Florida entertainment. We mentioned earlier the Icemen are playing well. The Icemen are doing well. They're 8-5 and now. So we congratulate Baba Roblo and the Jacksonville Icemen, the uh, ownership, um, the management, Baba Roblo and guys, and the coaches and the players, um, the Icemen kind of on an, an upswing now at eight and five, 13 games into the regular season of the East Coast Hockey League 2022-23 season. Let's uh, take a look at North uh, Florida Entertainment. We'll hit a couple of concerts coming up. I know we've got to add some more concerts uh, to our BigJReport.com concert listings, but got a couple of shows. And, you know, and, and I don't, post every show that's going on in Jacksonville, North Florida, but I, I normally talk about or or we publish the ones that I would be either interested in going to see or I would recommend. Um, I've heard Psychic Deli. I've been to their shows. They're a local North Florida band. I, I highly recommend you go see a, a Psychic Deli event or show, if you will, and they get kind of involved with the audience too, so it's a lot of fun. Um, let's take a look at some, some shows coming up that are scheduled now. Uh, if you miss Pink Floyd's uh, tribute band, Pink Floyd tribute band, Floyd Nation was in Jacksonville back on November the 4th at the Florida theater. If somebody went to that show, let me know how it was. I'm a big Pink Floyd guy. Uh, North Florida local band, Psychic Deli, uh, recently played the rooftop at the San Sebastian Winery in St. Augustine, 6 to 10, back on Friday, November the 4th of 2022. Uh, let's see, from Chris Parker with uh, Psychic Deli, from Chris Parker with uh, North Florida band, Psychic Deli. I'm, I, I'm quoting Chris Parker through some messaging we've done recently. Quoting Chris Parker, Chris says, we had two shows lined up we had to cancel due to band member scheduling uh, conflicts, due to band member scheduling conflicts. But right now, it looks like the next Psychic Deli show will be January the 21st. And that's according to Chris Parker with the band. Chris plays keyboards with the band. He's kind of our 
connection with uh, getting an info on when Psychic Deli will play the next time around. Uh, TJ Overman, really good guitar player. He's got, man, he's got some nice looking guitars and uh, he's big, big time guitar player in Psychic Deli. Right now, according to Chris Parker, right now looks like January the 21st at the Boussoir in Atlantic Beach, Florida is the next show for Psychic Deli on the books officially. But Chris Parker went on to say a lot can happen between now and then. He says, I'll keep you posted, Scott. Um, and I want to say thank you to Chris Parker for keeping us up to date uh, with the local North Florida band, Psychic Deli. Also, Journey and Toto. Journey and Toto uh, coming to Jacksonville, Florida soon. In just a few months, actually, on Sunday, February the 26th of 2023. And by the way, the Psychic Deli show at the Boussoir in Atlantic Beach, that's in 2023, also on January the 21st of 2023. As right now, it looks like January the 21st, 2023 at the Boussoir in Atlantic Beach is the next show officially on the books for Psychic Deli. But as Chris Parker said, a lot can happen between now and then. So Chris went on to say he'll uh, keep us uh, posted and informed, according to Chris Parker with local North Florida band Psychic Deli. Again, about this Journey Toto show, I'll give you all the info on that as well. Also, Journey and Toto uh, coming to Jacksonville, Florida soon in just a few months on Sunday. That'll be on Sunday evening, February the 26th of 2023 at 7.30 p.m. At the Star Veterans Memorial Arena here in Jacksonville, Florida, your chance to see Journey and Toto, both Journey and also Toto, to see them uh, here in uh, North Florida. Also, don't forget about the Mad Max Mix, the Wednesday night, the Internet Radio Wednesday night musical quest show from 6 to 8 Central Time, 7 to 9 Eastern Time a good show too uh with mad max uh the mad max internet radio wednesday night music request show from seven o'clock until nine o'clock p.m eastern time that's six o'clock until eight o'clock p.m central time and can be accessed uh at www.madmaxmix.weebly.com or simply go to our website at bigjreport.com and go to the neighbors two section you'll find easy to click on links uh, in the area where we talk about the concerts so you can go to the Neighbors 2 section or the Outside the Box section where we have a, an article that we've uh, written recently about uh, Mad Max's show, the Mad Max Mix, each Wednesday night at madmaxmix.weebly.com. You know, when Max plays these songs and he gets requests and, and you know, he's got some standards. He, he plays, you know, um, often on most weeks and some really good songs. Um, you know, he, he's known to play Leonard Skinner, 38 Special. Uh, the Atlanta Rhythm Section, Steely Dan, um, also uh, Gary Wright, Joe Jackson, many, many others. So check out the show Wednesday night, the Mad Max Music Mix. That's right, the Mad Max Mix is it's called, the Mad Max Mix. And it's uh, at www.madmaxmix.weebly.com. The simplest way to get to it, in my opinion, is go to bigjreport.com. Go to bigjreport.com. Go to the Neighbors 2 section, scroll down to where we talk about the concerts, and you'll find an easy-to-click-on link for the Mad Max Mix Internet Radio Wednesday night musical request show from 6 to 8 Central Time. That's 7 
to 9 o'clock Georgia time. And Max, I'm sorry I've been uh, missing doing the interview with you. We're going to try to do it, try to set it up and do it on the next Wednesday night, the next Wednesday night coming up. So sometimes you'll hear me on there with Max as well during uh, his music request show, which, of course, is called the Mad Max Mix on Wednesday nights. Uh, about 6 to 8 Central Time, 7 to 9 Eastern Time. Wednesday night, Internet Radio, Wednesday night musical quest show with Mad Max, the Mad Max Mix. So that is uh, some of what's going on with the, the concerts, and we'll be adding more. We will be adding more concerts, I assure you, to what we've got on the listing on our website at BigJReport.com. So keep coming back, checking us out. I uh, want to thank all the folks that participate in our BigJReport.com Facebook group. Uh, TJ, Mr. TJ Trahey. Uh, we want to thank John Gaylor, of course, who helps us with a lot of scores, info, especially with high school football. I want to thank John Gaylor, Alex Nunnery. Uh John Benoit, who comes into our – we have a chat in the bigjreport.com Facebook group, and he helps us out with scores, you know, all over the place, all over the state of Florida. Primarily in high school football, we cover the games going on in North Florida, South Georgia, even a pocket of South Southeast Alabama, and Central Florida as well. John Benoit's kind of an expert on the Central Florida stuff, as Larry Cole was, who sadly, Larry Cole passed away uh, here a few weeks ago, about Two weeks into the football season, probably mid-September, Larry Cole sadly passed away. He was, I believe, 74 years old. We miss Larry Cole. Um, he was the honorary governor of Apopka, Florida, also known as the uh, affectionate, affectionately known as the uh, Jimmy Buffett of Facebook. Larry Cole, very, very much missed, and he passed away over, it's been over two months ago, he passed away. And I believe Larry Cole from Apopka was uh, 74 years of age. We miss him very much. As we miss uh, J.C. Outlaw III, longtime 37-year year veteran of doing Camden County High School football. We knew J.C. years ago back in the 80s when we worked uh, terrestrial radio back in the 80s in the Kings Bay area. J.C. Outlaw for years. J.C. Outlaw III did. Camden County High School football on the radio for like 37 years. Uh, very saddened to learn recently about our producer, another JC, uh, JC's dad. Um, JC, of course, still certainly our executive producer on the podcast at Teal Shirt Report, our Teal Shirt Report podcast. Uh, his dad, Big Johnny, passed away back on October the 31st. We want to continue to keep JC and his family, his family and all their friends, um, in our thoughts and prayers on the recent passing of his dad, Big Johnny. JC, our, our hearts and thoughts and prayers are with you and your family. Special thank you to our producers, Alex Nunry, and our executive producer, JC. Special thank you for everything um, uh, to John Gaylor for all the help with the high school football. And, you know, John keeps up with college football and Jaguar stuff as well. That all works really good here on our podcast. I want to say hello to Ray Jenny. It's hard to mention everybody. David, David Martin, Enrique Crumbs. Um, Enrique Crumbs, a big uh, semi-pro and indoor football player. Hey, the XFL is going to kick off in 2023. We're going to cover that some too. 
I believe that'll kick off in February of 2023. I'm, I'm, the schedules are coming out now. That's going to be cool with The Rock and the XFL and Redbird now owning the XFL and, and running it. They've made two or three changes with the franchises. Um, still a team in Orlando. That's going to be the closest team to our area, and the XFL will be the Orlando team which they're now known as the Guardians. Um, Orlando actually did not have an XFL team, but Tampa did last time around. The Tampa Bay team apparently does not exist anymore. The team, I guess, has been moved and put in Orlando, but now they're known as the, they, they will be known as the Orlando Guardians. And the Guardians used to be up in uh, the New York, New Jersey area, I believe. So there's been a few changes with the XFL, but there's going to be more opportunities for players who play indoor football, semi-pro football, players coming out of college, undrafted NFL free agents. And I actually have seen something recently about some ex-NFL players will be playing in the XFL as well. One of JC's, uh, 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 JC follows Alabama football. And I understand, what's his name, A.J. McCarron? who played with Cincinnati for a while, and I think one other, maybe another team or two. But he, I understand A.J. McCarron is going to be playing in the XFL, former Alabama quarterback who's got experience in the NFL. I believe A.J. McCarron is going to be playing for one of the teams in the XFL. We'll be talking about that in the coming weeks as well. Thank you for listening to our podcast, the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Ray Jenny, special hello to you, Bobby Eyed, um, Mary Lou Halub. Uh, my 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 beautiful new wife, uh, Aline, and um, I want to say a special hello to again everybody listening in. Thank you. We got people listening all over the world. My goodness, we got people. And one of our biggest areas is Northern Ireland, by the way, and Ireland, the UK, England. Um, got folks listening in Bangladesh, uh, Brazil, Australia, just about everywhere. You know, I went to a Brazilian, what was it, a Brazilian steakhouse on Thanksgiving night. And then earlier in the day, I was uh, at another event at a uh, Golden Corral, actually. So I went to two restaurants on Thanksgiving Day. It's a lot of food. And I took, I slept, I slept really good Thursday night after Thanksgiving. It is Friday now, though, Friday, November the 25th. Uh, Florida Gators kicking off against Florida State. Uh, tonight, I believe kickoffs right around 7.30. And the crazy thing is, I mean, the Florida State Seminoles are not, can, can you fathom this? The Florida State Seminoles are a nine-and-a-half-point favorite over Florida. Florida State's really got a good coach, Mike Norvell, that's been gradually, ever so gradually, um, pulling that Florida State Seminole program together. Uh, the Florida Gators had a couple of big wins over Texas A&M, South Carolina, but then they, the Gators fell flat on their face against Vanderbilt up in Nashville and lost that game, I believe, 31-24. Uh, Florida's like down to ninth in the BigJReport.com SEC power rankings. Florida's ninth. Um, Vanderbilt moved up to 12th by winning by virtue of winning a couple of conference games in a row over Kentucky and Florida back-to-back, and, of course, I know Vanderbilt's got to play Tennessee. That may be a pretty tall and tough task, especially Tennessee's got to be mad after getting annihilated by South Carolina last week, 63-38, to and it really took Tennessee out of having any shot of going to the college football playoff 
which is, uh, you know, around the corner. Georgia LSU, Georgia versus LSU in the uh, SEC title game coming up that first Saturday, December the 3rd of 2022. Georgia's up to now, I understand it, a 15-point 15, 15 favorite in the SEC title game. I think it was a little bit lower, 10, 11 points at one time. But Georgia now up to a 15-point favorite. The over-under is about 50.5, and a half for that SEC title game on Saturday, December the 3rd, 2022, kickoff at 4 o'clock p.m. Special thank you uh, to the guys that helped me and our Georgia Bulldog football insider, Max. I know he'll be tuned into that SEC title game between Georgia and LSU. I want to thank our producers, Alex Nunry, also our executive producer, JC. Thank you guys for helping out on the uh, podcast. We appreciate you listening in so very, very much. This has been episode show number 65, season number three. We started this uh, Teal Shirt Report podcast project back in mid-January of 2020. So we've got uh, really getting three years under our belt with the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for listening in wherever you are. Whether you're in Florida, Ohio, the state of Washington, Alabama, Texas, or way up in New York or in Virginia, we got a lot of listeners in the Virginia area as well. But most of our listeners are, are in Florida. Uh, worldwide, we've got Northern Ireland, a lot of listeners in Northern Ireland, uh, the UK, uh, Wales, Andy Powers, hello to you listening in. All of our international listeners, a um, uh, special hello to you. And we appreciate you. Uh, tuning in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Again, a special uh, thank you to our producers, Alex Nunry and our executive producer, JC. Thank you guys for, for helping, keeping us keeping us on the air, you know, right here on, on Anchor and throughout all the platforms. And the best way to find our podcast, you simply go to bigjreport.com, scroll the homepage, you'll find the very latest episode on our homepage on our website at bigjreport.com. That is big J, one J, one letter J, bigjreport.com. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I'm your host, Scott, and I'm out. We're going to be back again real soon. Whether you're, hey, whether you're tuning in in a few hours from now or a few minutes from now or even tomorrow, we'll have a new uh, podcast up again real, real soon. This has been episode show 65. Go back and check the past episodes. A lot of great high school football playoff interviews by Alex Nunry. And again, I'm your host for the Teal Shirt Report podcast. My name is Scott, and that'll do it for episode show number 65 of 2022. You have a great day. And again, thank you for listening.